You can be seated, if you can, <laughs> in his presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Thank you for... <laughs> we had, a, as you can tell, a little bit of technical difficulty this morning, but aren't they amazing? Yeah. I am so thankful. I'm so thankful for a team that worships and, and gets it done. We couldn't use the drums, so they brought out the electric ones and that we used last week. And so it's it just a little bit of, you know, I, I, I knew this morning, I was like, when this all started, I just started laughing. Because I, like, I knew I had to speak this morning. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? God is good. <laughs> He's worthy to be praised. Oh. The last time I spoke... I didn't even plan to say it, and it's something Walt and I, Walt was here that week, and he, he's been using it a lot here lately. He said, you know, perf- perfection is unattainable, but excellence is giving God the best you have right now, giving him the best you have right now. And, man, when you say something, you're going to have to walk it out and live it, <laughs> giving God the best you have just right now. Amen? Amen. Well, how many of y'all had a good time last week at the drive-in Sunday? You did? It was pretty fun. I'm an outdoor person, so I enjoy it. I love to be outside. I love to fish. I love to garden. I love to be outside. So that was like right up my alley, you know, to get outside and worship. And what a beautiful day God gave us for the drive-in Sunday. Amen. It was beautiful. It got a little hot there, but we made it. We made it. And uh, I'm just so thankful for that. Um, You know, this weekend is probably, well, it's what? It's the next to last official weekend of summer, right? Next weekend is Memorial, I mean, not Memorial, oh, Labor Day weekend, right? So we're the next to the last weekend of summer, and I was trying to just stay in that vein, and we're going to take some swimming lessons this morning. Y'all okay with that? You going to take some swimming lessons? Yeah, yeah. We're going to learn to swim this morning. Bishop's been talking about leaving the pool and going to the river, right? Leaving the pool and going to the river. And he's been speaking out of Ezekiel 47. I'm going to use one of those scriptures this morning. It's Ezekiel 47 and 5 out of the New King James Version. Ezekiel is a prophet, and prophets deal with the future. Amen? They don't deal with the past. They don't deal with even what's going on right now. Prophets deal with the future. What's going to happen? So what we read about in this book is he's seeing what's going to happen. In Ezekiel 47 and 5, he says, Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross. For the water was too deep, water in which one must swim. A river that could not be crossed. Hallelujah. Can you just bow your heads with me and pray with me? Father, Father, I just thank you for who you are. (laughs) I thank you, God, that you can quiet us and still us long enough this morning, God, to hear your voice. We want to hear what you you have to say, God. Lord, let what we hear not just get deposited and, and never bear any fruit, but God, let what we hear this morning, let it change our life. Let it be applied and let it transform us. God, this morning, I speak over those here and those not here that are part of this family and say that lives will not look the same as they do right now next year. 
that this church, One Life, will not look the same as it does right now. And God, we come to you for that guidance. We search out your word, Lord. God, we want to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Now, some of you, when I said, you know, your life's not going to look the same next year. Some of you are like, yes, (laughs) I hope not. I I really, I need a change. You're ready to embrace that. But some of you probably thought, no, (laughs) I'm good. I'm good kind of right where I'm at. Especially when we start talking about the church. We're, we're kind of good where we're at. We don't want, you know, don't rock the boat. We're okay. But there's something about a river. A river is continually changing. It's always changing because of the flow and the force. And if we're truly a church that's going to embrace the river, we will change. You know, back home where I grew up, Uh, My family has a farm, and it runs behind, there's a river that runs behind the farm. It's called the Jackson River. And back in behind our place, um, there was a place where the river forked. It went in two different directions. One side for years, the left side, was very, very shallow. It it was, I mean, you couldn't, you had to, you couldn't float down it. You had to get up and walk through there. You couldn't take a tube through the inner tube through there or, uh, you know, a flat bottom boat, kayak, nothing like that. You had, you had to take, get it up, pull it, drag it. You know what I'm talking about? The other side was deeper. So you had to make sure you went down the right fork, you know, get on the right side, not the left. And over the past about seven, eight years, that is totally flipped. The right side now is, is completely shallow and the left side is totally washed out, is deep. That's the side you have to go down. So if we're going to live in the river, it is continually changing and we got to, we got to embrace that, right? (laughs) So what do we got to do to learn how to swim in the river? Well, if you think back when you learned how to swim, the first thing that you have to do is you got to get in the water, right? I could show you how to swim up here on this platform, and it's not going to make any difference until you actually get in the water and do it yourself. So you've got to get in the water. You've got to get wet. And the other thing that you have to do is you've got to get your face wet. You've got to get your face wet. Now, my little boy Judah hates to get his face wet. He hates it. He has hated it since he was a little tiny baby. And as you can imagine, this has definitely made teaching him to swim a challenge. (laughs) When you give him a bath as a baby, when you give him, you know, when we pour water, you know how you pour water over their head and wash their hair, scrub their hair. You had to put a washcloth over his face. He did not like it. He did not want the water coming forward. So we have bought every nose plug, every kind of goggle, every face mask that they make trying to get this kid to put his face down in the water. And it's been, it has been difficult. It has. He's not afraid of it. He just don't like it. He does not like his face in the water. But this year, it just clicked. And you know what it took was when we went on vacation back in July. We went to the eastern shore. And my husband got out there with him and started showing him, you know, to swim underwater. And how free, you know, how fun it was. And his daddy kept just kept showing him. He would go down under the water, and he'd swim to him, and he'd pop up. And Judah was like, okay. And so he finally did it. He just did it. He put his face down in the water. 
And we, Walt and I were just ecstatic, ecstatic (laughs) that he had finally done it. And you know, when you think about it in the word of God, water, water represents what? The Holy Spirit, right? To learn how to swim in his river, you've got to get your face wet. You've got to get your face in his presence. So many times, that's why this morning things just slowed down. I think the Holy Spirit is saying, slow down, slow down. I want to get your face wet. <laughs> I want some face time with you. I want some face time with you, with just you and me, just you and me. So we have to get our face wet. Before you get your face wet, what do you have to do? Before you stick your face in the water, what do you got to do? <sighs> Take a deep breath. Again, the breath of God, his Holy, his Holy Spirit. We run in so many times, and I know we've talked about this even recently within the past few months, but we can run in sometimes, and we're out of breath, and our faces aren't wet. And then we come to the house of God and try to enter into worship. I heard Francis Chan say something. It's a quote from him. And I just think it's so powerful. He said, what would the church look like if every believer, every follower of Jesus spent personal time face-to-face with God every day and read his word for themselves? What would the church look like? What would it look like if we came in with our breaths full of his breath, our lungs full of his breath, and our faces wet? Amen. (laughs) And it just wrecked me. I was like, wow, you know. And this is not an indictment on on how long you should pray, how long you should be in his presence. That's between you and him. That's what religion tries to tell you that you didn't spend enough time with him, that you, that you, you know, that you're not, you're not ready or you're not right to get in his presence. That, that's what religion tells you. He just says, I just want to be face-to-face with you. Take a deep breath of, of him. Get your face wet in his presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, so to learn to swim, we got to take a deep breath. We got to get, get in the water. Forgot that step. We got to get in the water. We got to take a deep breath. We got to get our faces wet. And the other thing is, Bishop touched on this a couple of weeks ago. We got to learn to float, right? We got to learn to float. And I loved what he said. It, that was so powerful. After that service, I actually went home and, and thought a lot about that. Because Bishop talked about to float, you have to relax. You have to surrender You have to surrender to God, don't you? You have to surrender. Let it all go so that you can float. And I thought, God, what what am I carrying and I'm struggling with that I need to just give to you? That I just need to rest in you about. And I started to think about floating. And, you know, you can't just float anywhere, can you? You know, if you think about it, you know, most people can't float in their bathtub. 
There's not a whole lot of floating going on in the kiddie pool. A lot of stuff going in there, but not much floating going on there. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a reason for that. There's actually a scientific reason why you can't float in the kiddie pool. It's called displacement. And what that means is the water you're in has to weigh more than you do. Did you hear that? The water that you're in has to weigh more than you do. So you've got to get in water deep enough to support your weight. And I was thinking about that, and I said, God, God, the more weight we give you, the easier it is for us to float. The more weight that we give him, the easier it is for us to float. (laughs) So, anyway, so we got to float. And Judah came home Friday from school because, you know, well, I guess school's back in here too, isn't it, now? They started super early in Virginia. We started on August 9th. But he came home. I picked him up from school on Friday. And he was telling me, he said, we did this really cool experiment at school today, Mom. And I said, what did you do? He said, he said um, Mrs. Fix took a container of water and, like, put all this salt in it, tons of salt in it, and used an egg so that the egg would float. Have y'all ever seen that experiment? I know Miss Donna has because she's, <laughs> she's in school, but any of you other school teachers remember that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And he said, yeah. He said, it didn't really work really great. Can we try it at home? And I said, well, I said, well, let's, you know what? I said, let's look online. Let's look online. And it instantly made me think about it. So let's see. like throwing all these different things in the Dead Sea to see if they would float. It was really funny. He was really good at teaching. It was a good teaching video. The last thing he did was he takes this bowling ball, and it's like 14 pounds. He says, do you think it'll float? And he has like these bowling pins set up, and he rears back and flings the ball, and it knocks the pins down, and it's this bright orange 14-pound bowling ball, and it goes And it sinks, and they kind of slow-mo it down, and then it comes back up, and it's just spinning there on the top of the water because of the density of the Dead Sea. Judah was like, that is so cool. He was just amazed by that. And so he started asking me, he was like, why does it work? And so, oh, you know, when you have kids, you got to, why is the next, that question? You got to, they, they, man, they teach you so much because you have to teach to be able to answer them. So I started talking to him about it. And we got, we pulled it up on Wikipedia, the Dead Sea, and started looking at it. And the Dead Sea has one river that flows into it, the Jordan. The Jordan flows into the Dead Sea but there's no outlet. Nothing flows out of the Dead Sea. You've probably heard that before if you've been in church for a while. But nothing flows out of it. So over the process of many, 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 many years, all the the salt and the minerals that get washed into the Dead Sea um, stay there, and the water evaporates out. And the cool thing, I didn't know this, the climate at the Dead Sea is it sunny year-round? 
They literally get two inches of rainfall per year. That's not much. Two inches of rainfall. But it's pretty, and it's very warm. So everything, everything just evaporates up out of there. And you think, well, man, that sounds good. Sunny all the time, not much rain, great weather. You know, get me a, a lot of people go in there and they put the clay on their face and all this kind of stuff. It's supposed to be really, um, the minerals are very healing. You think, well, that's great. And Judah goes, well, Mama, why do they call it the Dead Sea then? And I said, because nothing can live there. There's no life in the Dead Sea. Perfect conditions, no life. Almost everything can float, but no life. And the reason why is because there's no outlet. There is no outlet going out of there. The Jordan is flowing in, but there's nothing flowing out. And we can be in perfect ideal conditions. We can come into the church and everything looks good, and we can float. And we can float some stuff around us. But there's no life. (laughs) There's no life. The other thing that I read in Wikipedia that kind of, it was like really cool to me. I didn't know this. There are actually freshwater springs around the Dead Sea. They're around it and under it. But it doesn't affect the Dead Sea. Do you know what happens? Little pools form around the edge of the sea. Little pools of fresh water from those springs. Little pools. We need to leave the pool, church, go to the river. There has to be a flow out. The other thing that's around the Dead Sea are pits of quicksand. There's pits of quicksand, and I thought, wow. So you've got freshwater springs around this body of water, and all that we can manage to form there are little pools and pits of quicksand. And that's what happens when we don't have an outlet. When we come into the church to get filled, but we don't have an outlet, we stay in pools, little small pools, And we get stuck in pits of quicksand. And if we're not careful, a lot of stuff will get stuck in there. Bad habits. (laughs) Unhealthy relationships. Wrong mindsets. A lot of stuff can get stuck there when we don't have an outlet. Amen? So I, I thought that was really, really cool. We've got, we've got to have an outlet. You know, Jesus... Jesus actually takes the river to a whole nother level than even Ezekiel saw. He takes it to a whole, whole nother level. There's a scripture in John 7 and 37. This is also New King James Version. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Some translations say out of your belly. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. 
So he takes it to a whole, whole nother level, doesn't he? You know, Ezekiel saw the river that couldn't be crossed, and Jesus is declaring that the river should flow out of you, out of us, out of me. It should flow out of us. We go to him and we drink, and then the river flows out of us. Anything that has an inlet but no outlet doesn't make a river. Do you know what you get? You get a swamp. (laughs) You get a swamp, a low-lying place where water just collects. And if you think about those swamps, what's in a swamp? It's murky. It's stagnant. Mosquitoes. Hmm, You can hear them tuning up their wings, man. They're ready. And what happens when we we get in a swamp season, you know, because we don't have an outlet? You know, you're saying, well, I'm in church. I'm good, but no outlet then a swamp starts to form. That's when the swamp gets there. And man, I've been in some swamp seasons of my life. Who can testify? You don't have, <laughs> you don't have to raise your hand. You might be in one right now. But what happens when you're in a swamp <laughs> is you're focused on survival. <laughs> you have to be. You're focused on you. And getting, getting out of that place or, or just surviving. And then what happens is then, you're, then you, fall, you can fall prey to predators and things that are there. There's a lot of stuff in the swamp. Alligators, snakes, stuff that will hurt you. The word says that Satan comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. Man, you are easy pickings when you're in a swamp. You are easy pickings when you're in the swamp. So we have got to have an outlet. We've got to have an outlet. The river, the river is meant to flow in us and out of us. So back to the swimming lessons. We got to get in the water. We got to take a deep breath. We got to get our face in the water. We got to learn to float and surrender to him. But we don't just stay on our backs and float, do we? At some point, we got to start to use our arms and our legs to go forward. We got to use our arms and our legs. And I guess because it's just so fresh in our family's story right now about Judah learning to swim, he's doggy paddling right now. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? He's got the, the hands out front and the big kicks in the back, you know. And have you never noticed when you doggy paddle, how close your arms are to your body. You keep them like right here. You keep them really, really close to your body and you keep your neck way up out of the water and you're swimming along. And that's a, that's a place to start. It's a place to start, right? We keep our arms close into our body. The next kind of swimming stroke that people usually learn next, just naturally, is the breaststroke. And I've been trying to work with him with that. But the breaststroke is where you come in and you push out, right? You reach out more with your arms. You reach out. But the thing about the breaststroke is, is that you've got to have a strong kick. That's what propels you forward, right? So you really got to start working those legs. But you are. You start to reach out more. You start to pull more. You're able to go faster, further. And the next stroke that you typically gravitate to 
is the freestyle. Some people call it the American crawl, right? Where you're Each arm's moving independently and coordinated together, and you're kicking. And, man, you've really picked up some speed. How many of y'all love Michael Phelps? He is awesome, isn't he? I know. It's like, man, you watch him. And on, during Shark Week this year, um, I don't know if y'all watch Shark Week or not. We do. We like Shark Week, DVR it. And they had this thing where Michael Phelps, like, raced a great white. Anybody else watch it? And we did. We're, we're like the science nerds. But so, I mean, it's, like, really cool. He is, like, amazing how fast that he, he can go in the water. And so we learned that, man. We learned that that. that that American freestyle stroke, and we're able to move faster. We're able, you know, I mean, we get our face in the water, and we're up. We get a breath. The face is back in the water, up, and get a breath. And we're able to, this man, really, really move, really move. The last swimming stroke that most people learn, because it is difficult, is called the butterfly. Has anybody, can anybody else do the butterfly stroke in here? Has anybody learned? No swim team people in here? No, have you seen it? The butterfly stroke is, it's, it's, it's amazing how they literally come up and out of the water and the arms are fully extended. And I mean, it's just amazing. It's a beautiful thing. And it takes some time to master, to master that stroke. And so it's like that with us. We start out doggy paddling. We start out floating, then we can doggy paddle. Then we may be able to breaststroke a little bit and then we can freestyle And then, man, we get to the butterfly. We get to that butterfly stroke. And I love the name of it, too. I guess they named it that because it looks like that. It has those big spread wide arms, you know. But what I love about it is what is a butterfly? It's a mature caterpillar. So as we mature, as we mature in him, and the more we swim, the stronger we get, right? The stronger we get. And we're able to extend ourselves even further. Extend ourselves even further. This morning, I'm not going to keep you long. That's not my intent at all. You know, I just want you to take a few things away from this morning. Take a deep breath. It's, it's your breath, God, in our lungs. Take a deep breath. Get your face wet every day. Get your face wet every day. This is not something that you, that it's a checklist or someone's going to check you on. But get your face wet every day. Go out into the deep. Get deep enough that you can float. It doesn't matter how good a swimmer you are. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Just that you're trying and that you're doing it, that you're moving your arms and you're moving your legs. You're reaching out. We have some great opportunities. Pastor Jason um, talked about that, and life groups are getting ready to start. We all need somebody to swim with us. <laughs> Nobody should swim alone. That's not safe. <laughs> it's not safe. It's not safe in the natural. It's not safe in the spiritual. We shouldn't swim alone. 
connect. Connect to some people. Get some people to swim with. Amen? (laughs) And the other thing is, too, and it's not just to beat you up, you know, but serve, give, have an outlet. I know every time I get a chance to get up here, you're like, she is a broken record. Yeah, I am. I am so passionate, so passionate about the greatest commandment. (laughs) Jesus said that we're to love God with our whole heart, our whole mind, our soul, right? All our strength. And we're supposed to love each other as as we love others as we love ourselves. Man, if we get that right, if we get that right, if nothing else, if we get that right, we can change, change the world. I believe that. I do. I believe it. I believe it. This uh, past few weeks, uh, many of you, I'm not on Facebook a whole lot. I've been on there more lately because of my husband. And um, he started a technical school It's uh, in Lexington or just outside of Lexington, Virginia, in a place called Buena Vista, Virginia. And um, he is just a walking testimony of what it is, what, what we're talking about this morning about going into the deep, <laughs> going into the deep, starting out doggy paddling, and just, just keep on swimming. Keep on swimming because you want to help people. You want to change things. And um, he's not here this morning. He's with his mother and staying with her today. And But I'm going to, can I just brag on him for a minute? Do y'all mind? Do y'all mind? He's not here, so, but I'd like to brag on him. He, I've watched him. I've watched him resting God through this. I've watched him float through it. <laughs> I've watched him flip over and doggy paddle. I've watched him swim as hard as he can. And sometimes, man, you have to just revert back to, to floating <laughs> when you get tired. And yeah, I've watched him do that. And there's no shame in that. But I'm so proud of him, you know, going out. And it's, it's not, man, I love the church. Um, Jonathan Fisher and I were talking this morning. He's a PK, and um, we were talking about, you know, how sometimes we can just get weary in ministry, can't we? Or get weary with the church in general. Can I just be open and transparent this morning with y'all? Are y'all okay with that? Um, You know, sometimes we see things that happen and go on in the body of Christ, and we're just like, how can that be? And I actually have gone through periods where I'm like, Man, I just, I think I'd be good at home by myself. (laughs) I could love you, Lord, at home. You know? Anybody ever felt like that? You know? But the thing is, is about a family, a church is a family, and the thing about a family is, is it's messy. It's messy. For lack of a better terminology, there's a lot of crap that can go on. Sorry about that. It might shock you from the pulpit, but it's, it's the truth. A lot of stuff can happen. That's why it's so important that we, each one of us, has to have an inlet. We have to be filled. And this house has to have an outlet. We have to have an outlet. That's what flushes things, washes things clean, like what Anthony was singing about. Wash it clean. It's that flow, that flow of his presence. It's that flow, that flow, in and out, in and out. I don't know about y'all, but I am so, so ready to see God's church, 
the kingdom, not just one life, the kingdom of God, his family, make a difference in America, in my country. Amen? I am convinced, absolutely convinced, that there wouldn't be all the division and the things that we have seen if we had good inlets and good outlets. You know, the river that Ezekiel saw in 47, Ezekiel 47, if you go on down through those scriptures, it says that that, gr- that river is, f- that wherever the river flows is healed. Wherever the river goes, there's life, and there's a multitude of fish in there. There's a multitude of fish. There are black fish. There are white fish. There are red fish, yellow fish, spotted fish, striped fish. There are all kinds of fish up in that place swimming in that river. Amen. We wouldn't have the division that we see if we have an inlet and an outlet. We're truly, truly flowing in that river that Ezekiel saw. Sorry to preach. (laughs) I usually teach. But man, with all the things that have been going on in Virginia and in Charlottesville, I know you guys have seen that. It's not that far away from us. So, you know, I was just thinking about that when we were talking this morning. And I'm like, you know what? The river is full of all kinds of fish. And it actually says that in heaven, what does it sound like? Do you remember? The voice of what? Many what? The voice of what? Many waters, many rivers. That's what heaven looks like. It's the sound of many waters. And when there's a river flowing in me and out of me, and there's a river flowing in you, Phil, and out of you, Rick, All of us, each one of us, Donna, Amy, when there is a river flowing in us and out of us, that's what heaven looks like. It sounds, it sounds like many waters. That's what heaven sounds like. It doesn't matter what the sound up here sounds like. It's what flows in and out of us. That's the sound of heaven, church. That's the sound of heaven. (laughs) That's the sound around his throne in heaven, the sound of of many waters. So this morning, this morning, I'm not going to have you come up again. Let's just, every eye closed, every head bowed. I don't want to go without offering someone the chance to get in the river and meet Jesus. (laughs) If you're here this morning and, and you say, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm not in the river. I'm not even anywhere near it. (laughs) But I want to know him. Know that you are accepted, that you are loved. (laughs) Jesus said, anyone who thirsts, anyone, anyone who thirsts, comes to me and drinks. This morning, if you're thirsty, if if you need him as Savior in your life, all you have to do is just raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you or, or call you out. That's all you have to do this morning is raise your hand. He's ready to accept you, to love you, arms wide open. Amen. Is there anyone here this morning that needs him as Savior? Okay, so I'm talking to, his, to, to believers here. This morning, 
with every eye closed, every, every head bowed. This morning, if you need to get your face wet, <laughs> you need to take a deep breath again and get in there and swim. I want you just to boldly raise your hand. No one's looking around. There's no judging, nothing.